0: Hello everyone, I'm Arman, and today I'm going to be discussing what went wrong with the Bhopal gas leak. Before I begin, I just want to give everyone a heads up. The event I'm discussing today is graphic, unpleasant, and devastating. Please feel free to stop at any time if you become overwhelmed. Just a general warning. On December 2nd, 1984, at 11.30pm in Bhopal, India, employees at the Union Carbide pesticide plant reported a leak of some sort coming from within the plant. Later, they would discover that the leak was actually a gas leak mostly of methyl isocyanate, an extremely toxic gas. Somehow, water had entered the storage tank with the methyl isocyanate inside, causing a dangerous reaction. Hours later, the reaction from the methyl isocyanate spiraled out of control. The gas quickly escaped the storage tank and soon thereafter it descended on Bapal. Unfortunately, the pesticide plant was surrounded by many Shantytown communities, so in the first night alone, over 600,000 people were exposed to the gas, causing many of their throats and eyes to burn. People went blind in contact with the gas, it induced major nausea, and killed an estimated 15,000 people, although that number is still in dispute today. Parents were unable to save all their kids as they attempted to escape from the gas, and many people, mostly children, were trampled as the population rushed out of the area. Sadly, the long-term effects of these kind of disasters are often even more devastating than the initial disaster, and Bhopal is no exception. It has been well over 30 years since the leak, and the long-term effects are still being felt in Bhopal. The generations born after the disaster have been born with a litany of birth defects, along with both physical and mental disabilities, as a direct result of contamination. In fact, it is widely believed that the toxic waste still remains in the vicinity, which is only exacerbating the circumstances of the community that cannot afford to leave the area. The water is also reportedly contaminated, with chemicals from the leak, which is causing further damage to the residents and the victims, who have been unable to get the waste clear because of a series of bureaucratic obstacles, mostly from the pesticide company. This disaster was unprecedented for India and joins other major disasters like Chernobyl in terms of brutality, as it is still unfolding today. But how did it all go so wrong? This disaster, like many others, was preventable, but it was false within the organizational culture and the standard operating procedures that sealed the fate of this disaster. Hours before the leak, an undertrained employee was told to wash out an unsealed pipe that was attached to the I- to the methyl isocyanate system, and many employees attribute this action to causing the reaction. Although this is still also under dispute, the workforce was highly undertrained, which created an ignorant and incompetent culture. When the supervisor found out about the leak, he said he wouldn't do anything until after the next tea break. This was also unsurprising, however, for the workforce, because leaks were so common due to extremely poor maintenance. However, other leaks obviously were completely different in magnitude and impact. Additionally, systems were put in place by Union Carbide to create a sense of direction and operating procedures in the case of emergency, but each had their own spectacular failure on December 2nd. Two out of three safety mechanisms were inoperable, and the third was unable to cope with the magnitude of the disaster. The instruments that are essential for notifying workers of an emergency were so often wrong that when the instruments detected a massive increase in pressure, the employees ignored them. There was also no computer system in place to alert the rest of the facility of the leak or what to do. The final major issue was the lack of education for the local population. Many did not know that a pesticide plant could be catastrophic for their health and weren't even properly trained on how to respond to such a disaster. The plant sounded an alarm that played up to 20 times per week in a So none of the residents were properly scared until they started feeling the effects of the gas. This disaster brings the need for regulation and enforcement of regulations to the forefront. There must always be a way for government or regulatory body to see what is happening and control it for the sake of public safety. If there had been tighter regulations and enforcement, perhaps the safety mechanisms would have worked and spared the population or even stopped the workers from causing the reaction in the first place. This is, of course, if that story about cleaning the pipe was true, that was obviously against plant regulations. Finally, there must always be strong operating procedures and plans in place so that workers and residents are prepared for these kinds of disasters. These plans could have forced the supervisor to check the leak immediately and take action. It could have also been used to educate the population on the health risks of the plant and give them guidance on how to act in case of an emergency. To conclude, Bhopal was a preventable disaster that should at least serve as a tragic yet important example of why regulations and strong operating procedures are imperative for preventing disasters.